Good morning. <laughs> um, some of you may know that I was a missionary in the Middle East uh, for about 15 years until 2017, just before I came to Asbury. Because my family and I lived in the desert, many people have given me compliments. One time I heard one guy telling me that, wow, were you a missionary in the Middle East? Wow, how exciting. Wow, yes, every Christian should respond to God's calling as you did. Wow, God must be very pleased with you. But how could you live under such a difficult circumstance and minister among Muslims? You are amazing. So I said to him, no, I'm not at all. I'm not amazing at all. It is God's grace all the way. Anybody could live and do the type of ministry I did if they were placed in the same situation as I was. I just tried to do my best in every situation. And then he said to me, that's why I am doing my best not to be in the same situation as you were. <laughs> of course, the person was joking. But you know, sometimes we sing and pray that we want only God and depend on Him alone. But if God wants to put us in a situation where God is the only dependable entity in our lives, we would feel like we are encountering a disaster. So we pray to God to deliver us from that unpleasant situation and try to do our best to avoid it. Because we want to maintain control over our lives and do not want to depend on God alone, but on many other worldly things which look great and make us strong, such as money, people, etc. We can find similar things in the Bible in Exodus chapter 2 to 4. While in their captivity in Egypt, the, uh, the Israelites cry out to God, Deliver us, Lord, deliver us from this misery. So God heard their prayers and chose Moses and Aaron. In chapter 4, you can see that all the elders of the Israelites worshipped God when they heard that God had seen their misery and they believed that God sent Moses and Aaron to deliver them from slavery in Egypt. But the situation didn't go too well. When Moses and Aaron met the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and asked him to release the Israelites, Pharaoh got angry and commanded to have the Israelites work without the straws to make bricks. So the Israelites had to find the straws to make the same number of bricks. The work became extremely difficult and they were in serious trouble. So the Israelites criticized Moses and Aaron and cursed them saying, May the Lord judge and punish you for making us stink before Pharaoh and his officials. You have put a sword into their hands, an excuse to kill us. Moses tried hard to convince them that God would free them from their oppression because Yahweh is God. But they refused to listen anymore to Moses because 
they were greatly discouraged by the brutality of their work. Why did the Israelites refuse to listen to God's word? Why were they angry at Moses and Aaron? <clears throat> I think it was because they were encountering an unexpected and unwanted situation. In their mind, they were facing a more severe situation because of Moses, Aaron, and God. When they heard that God would deliver them, they never expected God would allow such a way. They might have thought that God would come in a mighty power and kill the Pharaoh and his official all at once so they could live happily ever after. But God did not do as they wished. Maybe for the Israelites, it could have been better if God had not said that he would deliver them. If I were one of them, I might have prayed, God, give our straws back. Why did you take our straw? Give me my straw. Because you took out my straw, the Egyptian soldiers whipped me, and I am suffering. Is this your way of saving us? If it is, I do not care about the Canaan or the promise you have made with my ancestors. Now I am about to die because I do not have straw. Give me my straw. <laughs> you know, sometimes when we take a step of faith based on God's promise, the situation can get worse. When you choose to become a pastor or a minister, you expect God provide everything. But instead, you may face financial issue, health issue, and all other issues. So you may be discouraged and doubt about the promise of God like the Israelites. But think about what this straw was. What was it? Is it not what made the Israelites continue in their slavery? How about you? What kind of prayer have you prayed? Sometimes we also pray like the Israelites. If you love me, how could you put me through this? Fix it right now, please, God. Give me this and allow me to have this. But what we are actually praying, give me the flesh, give me the word, not God you, not Jesus alone. Because we don't believe that God alone is sufficient for us to live in this world. Because we so often cannot stand the situation that make us weak and vulnerable. Friends, the things we want God to solve right now may be the very things that make us slaves to the world. God wants to deliver us from them, so he may allow us to go through those um, circumstances that we may not expect or want. In today's passage, Paul was encountering a situation, of course, different from what the Israelites had to face, but he was also in unwanted situations. 
Four stone can be many possibilities like a mental or a physical illness or persecution. But no matter what it is, the clear thing is that this stone was bothering Paul's ministry and made him suffer. So he was right to pray for this stone to be taken away. But God did not take the stone from Paul. Instead, God only said, my grace is sufficient. But you must know that it doesn't mean that God is saying, Paul, don't ask me about the, your son. Do you think your prayer will change anything? You will not be healed. Your situation will never change. Just give up and accept it. No, God is not saying this. Rather, God wanted Paul to experience and learn the spiritual principle about how God works. We might not want to face or experience this kind of situation like Paul did, but God is saying that he will use our vulnerable situation and our weakness as a channel to discover God's grace. So as Paul confessed, we can also confess when I am weak, I am strong. But it is not easy for us to withstand our vulnerability and weakness. So we can help but ask God endless times why. Yes, even Moses asked God why. God told Moses already that Pharaoh would not release the Israelites quickly, and he knew that it would not be an easy task. But when Moses heard harsh accusation from his people, he had to ask God, why did you send me? Why have you allowed these people to suffer? Why? But God's answer was, I am the Lord. I will take the Israelites as my own people, and I will be their God. If you also ask God why in any situation, I know what he will tell you. I am God. I will become your God in your issues, problems, and heart. So, how do we experience God's sufficient grace in our weaknesses? When we are alone with God, and God is all we have, we will experience his real power, his sufficient grace. When he depends on things to be strong or not to be weak, God steers those things and shakes them. Look at Isaiah 31. What to those who go down to Egypt for help, who rely on horses, who trust in the multitude of their chariots, and in the great strength of their horsemen, but do not look to the Holy One of Israel or seek help from the Lord. Yet he too wise can bring disaster. Because he is wise, he allows disasters. Because God loves us, he allows things that we build in our lives without following after God's heart to be shaken and fail. Houses built on sand, not on the rock of Jesus, will be destroyed. 
Without God's shaking, we cannot discern whether what we are building on is sand or rock. That's why God allows incidents and happenings. But sometimes we are desperate and doubt about God's love or even his existence in that kind of vulnerable situation. For instance, we pray for daily food, as in the Lord's Prayer, but if we face the situation in which we have to ask for daily food, literally, we think that this should not be happening in my life. And while I was actually preparing for today's sermon, my oldest son lost his job. So he was working in a small venture company, but all of a sudden, uh, his boss decided to close the company. When I heard that, I was afraid of my son's future, and I complained about his boss because he only gave him a three-week notice. My son has a temporary visa, and he needs more time to find a new uh, job in order to stay in this country. To be honest, I wanted to complain to God. How could you allow this to happen to my son? But I could not go against the message in my sermon. (laughs) (laughs) So I had to change, I had to change my prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you for allowing this to happen to my son. Thank you for putting him through this situation where he has to depend on you alone. And I trust that he will experience your provision and richness through this situation. When everything we depend is all gone, God will be the only one left. In our human perspective, we have become weak and vulnerable and we feel like nothing. But this is the time the power of God begins to work, and we have become ready to experience the power of God. In today's passage, verse 9, Paul says that he will boast all the more gladly about his weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on him. Here, Christ's power resting upon us is not just the miracle-making power. It can make even the dead rise with Jesus. What kind of God is your God? He's not just the giver of a straw or a taker of a straw. He can make the dead rise. He has the resurrection power. This is my God. This is your God. Because of him, we can live. Because of him, we keep going on. If everything betrays you, everything leaves you, God is your power. Because we have the resurrection faith and Jesus is in us, we can go to God anytime. Though we might betray Jesus, we can still go to God. Though we may For we can stand up and depend on him again. Though we may have sinned, we can go to God and look at him again. Can you look at him again even though our lives are messy? Yes, 
we can look at him again and depend on him again. Because the power of his resurrection is in us. At times, it feels as if we just received the death sentence, but this happened so that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raised the dead. Friends, our God can raise the dead. Amen. So when does this power of resurrection come to us? It comes after we are crucified with Jesus and buried in the grave with Jesus. Many decide to be crucified with Jesus on the cross, but they do not want to be buried with Jesus and endure the three days in the grave. But the resurrection power came when Jesus was in the grave. You feel like your difficulties or problems will never end. But you must remember that the power of resurrection must come if you are buried with Jesus. Look at Isaiah 61, verse 1 to 3. When does his spirit come? When we are poor, when we are bound, brokenhearted, and cursed, when we are held captive, when we are in darkness, when we are mourning, and when we are grieving. In the grave, you might feel alone. Nobody remembers your sacrifice or your hurt. But it is the place where God alone is with you. And only God knows your situations. So do not be afraid to take up your cross. When we are weak, here comes the power of resurrection. Lastly, how do we accept our weakness joyfully? You may say that you know his grace and you know the cross, but you feel stuck and cannot delight your weaknesses. Then, I encourage you to look at what is inside your heart and let your hidden idols out. Yes, you know God and you've suffered for his kingdom. Yes, you existed from Egypt and crossed over the Jordan River, but how about your life? after those exciting experiences. Although you believe that you are saved, if you still live in the way of slavery in the world, you cannot experience the power of God we've talked about today. After going through all life's difficulties and entering Canaan, now you are worshiping God with Canaan's idols. When I left Korea to be a missionary, I thought I lay down all my idols as the Israelites left Egyptian idols and they, their pagan faith when they existed uh, from Egypt. But later, I found out that I worshipped new idols in the land of missionaries. When the Israelites made a golden cow in the desert, they didn't call it a cow, but called it the God 
who led them out from Egypt. They could not discern who God was and who that golden cow was. Sometimes we identify our fleshly wish or desires as the will of God because we are too familiar with the flesh way. We cannot discern what we worship and what we desire. Let's think about it. Who is our God? Can he be our God because he blesses us and helps us to succeed in what we want or to be? If so, then how is our faith different from a folk religion or shamanism? Who told us that we should be strong, smart, have a high status, or be perfect to work for God or to come to God? Can you hear the God is crying out? Who is making my children worship idols? You are my temple where my spirit lives. Why do you make your temple to be the temple of idols? Do you know why Satan keeps telling us that God does not love or care for us and keeps us making us look at only our problems and issues, not God? Because Satan knows and Satan is afraid if we depend and trust in God alone. He knows that when we are weak, when we depend on only on God, God's power is at work. Do not be confused that when we feel weak, it means that God is also weak. No, it is the opposite. He is never weak. He is strong. When we are weak and when God is all we have, we will be rejoicing because we will experience his sufficient grace and his resurrection power. Yes, God's help will come. Our will may not be accomplished, but God's will will be accomplished. Are you weak? Then God tells you, you are strong because you have me, because my sufficient grace is in you. Depend on me again. Believe in my promises again. Let's pray. Let's pray together in silence. I want you to hear the voice of God. He tells you that you are strong, though you feel weak, because you have me. <laughs>